In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Anthony today. Oh, hallelujah. We are still celebrating Christmas. Day five. Day five. <laughs> hallelujah. We have to look at Matthew 2. In the time of King Herod, now Herod was nuts. He was a crazy man. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men, astrologers, came from the east and came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling to mind together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Messiah was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. What brought these astrologers to the child? Nature, the star, and revelation, the word of God. They went to the Pharisees asking where the child was to be born. So nature and revelation reveal the child's birth and the child's place where she, he will be birthed. This is very interesting. When we had Luke's gospel, we had the Anawim. First of all, there were the shepherds, the poor and lowly of Israel. For unto you, shepherds, in the city of David is born a Savior, and you shall find a baby and his mother the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying with the manger. Oh, yes, and he shall save his people from their sins. And so the Anawim were in the shepherds, and they were the Jews. Remember that salvation is to the Jew first, the shepherds, and then to the Gentiles, the astrologers. And so God's word is fulfilled completely, totally, and entirely. Now, I was saying Herod was a man that was out of his mind, and he killed his own brother. Oh, yes, he was totally out of his mind. And Jesus comes to be born in Bethlehem of Judah, and Herod doesn't like that. He doesn't want anyone else being a king. Herod is not really a king. He's like a governor, and they call him a king. God created nature to reflect his majesty. So even before God, God created this world so that we could look, look out at the world, look out at nature, and we could understand the magnificence of the Lord. 
So even as nature reflected this birth, this is this is something that happened and still happens today. Yes, the star. And you know, these are astrologers. And what do they... Li well, we're going to continue to read. Then Herod secretly called for the astrologers and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so I may also go to pay him homage. He's a liar. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, no longer a manger, Joseph got Mary and the baby a house. As they entered the house, they saw the child, not an infant, but a child, with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, which they made from prognosticating uh, the future, frankincense and myrrh, the tools of their trade, and they leave the tools of their trade at the feet of Jesus. And having been warned in a dream not to turn to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Warned in a dream. I was warned in a dream once, twice, three times, four times, five times, and I never obeyed it. I didn't realize that it was something that God was calling me to do until it was done by another person. I was warned in a dream. And these wise men, these astrologers, were warned in a dream. God speaks to us through dreams. I told you the story of uh, my mother breaking her trachea, and I was desolate after months that the doctors couldn't fix it, and I was losing hope. And you know what happened? I had a dream that I was a wet rug, and Pat LaCola, she was a spark, and she was trying to put me on fire. And she said, Jesus loves you, Father Tom, I said, Pat, get out of my life. I don't want to hear this today. This is the dream. She said, I said, Jesus loves you. So she's trying to put this spark to set the wet rug on fire. I said, don't you know that I'm being tormented by the devil? And this is what she said. The devil hates Jesus Christ. And because he can't get at Jesus, he's getting at you and he's doing a good job. I woke up, got on my knees, and said to the Lord, I surrender my mother. Whether she's never fixed or not, I surrender her right now into the hands of God. And we found the right doctor at the eye and ear, and everything worked out. We all have people. You have people. We need to surrender to the Lord. There's always situations in our life that we want to control. Even now, there are situations that may not be going according to how you would like them to go. And we become tormented 
about them and we become anxious about them. But when we live in not my will, but your will be done, Lord, and we just surrender it to the Lord, then it becomes easy. Then Jesus comes and he starts to take care of it. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. But not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. So if your heart is troubled, because we need to surrender that situation to the Lord. Now, we might not get the outcome from Jesus that we want, but, you know, it's just about being docile to the Holy Spirit, merging our will with God's will, and just letting Lord Jesus not only be our Savior, but the Lord of our life, and surrendering every part of our life. At the prayer meeting yesterday, we were saying that, you know, you were created to possess God, and you can possess God. It's so wonderful. But to possess God, you need to be possessed by God. You need to be possessed by God. And to be possessed by God, you need to give Jesus kingship over every area of your life. You need to let Jesus Christ possess not only you, not only your family, not only your finances, not only your job, but everything. Because when you give everything to the Lord, he will give you everything and back, and he'll use everything that happens in your life for the good for those who love him. Every Everything, good or bad, as we see him, Jesus will use to heal our souls, conform our souls more into his image, and draw us closer to him. You know, when I woke up today, a thought was in my head. It was, praise the Lord, I'm one day closer to heaven. Praise the Lord, I'm one day closer to heaven. But I want today to be a day where not only do I grow closer to heaven, but I draw closer to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and be more conformed into his image and his likeness. And the only way to do that is to surrender to him. Surrender, it's a word that people struggle with. We have Paul who calls us, who says, Pray for me that I surrender. Well, you just surrender. How do you do it? You just say, I surrender. And you mean it. That's all. But I'm not feeling anything. It has nothing to do with feeling. It has to do with surrendering. When I receive the Eucharist, I look at Jesus and I say, I surrender. I surrender my life to you. Everything that I am and all that I have, I surrender my life to you. This is real. We do not go very far without surrendering our life to Him and letting Him take care of the things that need to be taken care of. Oh yes, you say, I can't pay my bills. Well, maybe you spent too much on Christmas. I can't pay my bills. Well, Lord, help me. First of all, help me to be generous. Help me to be generous. Open the windows of heaven you've promised. You've promised me that if you you tithe your money, you'd open the windows of heaven and flood me with the graces that I need. Let me continue reading Matthew 2.13. Now after they had left, the 
astrologers. Now they're Christians. They're following Jesus. They left all their goods at the feet of the child, so they are following the Lord. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up and went to Egypt. Now people say, how old was Joseph? Well, he walked to Egypt, so he wasn't very old. He walked to Egypt. Oh, yes. And he walked with Mary and the baby or the child. Oh, yes, Joseph was not very old. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. Every prophecy that was said about the son must be fulfilled to the crossing of every T and the dotting of every I. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the astrologers, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children around Bethlehem who were two years old or under. Why two years? Because the astrologers were on their trip for two years or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet of Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. Well, we have the slaughtering of children every single day at Planned Parenthood. And thank God that people are out there, even one person, praying the rosary. Thank God that people are out there giving a woman a choice. We can help you. Oh, yes, the cry of the babies in Bethlehem and the cry of the aborted children in Boston, St. Louis, Albuquerque, all around the world. You know, in Israel, they kill their children too. Imagine, they who had the Holocaust, people that are pregnant, can kill their children as Jewish babies. Do you know what babies are killed most of all in America? Black babies. That's a sin. That's a sin. Margaret Sanger, the the one who started Planned Parenthood, hated the black people, and she wanted to rid the world of black people, and they're doing it through abortion. Yeah, not much has changed, but the method in which the, the devil employs. Yesterday at the prayer meeting, there was a woman who came up, and we prayed for her. We all pray for her right now. She said her baby was not developing correctly, and she was pregnant, and she wants to have her child so bad. 
So, Lord, in Jesus' name, just pour forth your spirit upon her, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let her baby become healthy right now in the womb of Jesus, in, in her womb. You created that child in the heart of the Father by the word of God, Jesus Christ. And that baby's intended to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So right now, Lord, just heal her, heal the child in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When I was praying for her, Amen. the Lord revealed to me to tell her to pray the 54-day Rosary Novena, which is the most powerful tool that I have ever experienced in my life. There's something you need from heaven if there's a if there's a need you want google the 54 day rosary novena it is wonderful and the promises that mary gave the visionary is out of this world so holy spirit even in this moment we thank you that you're a person and you have a personality and we ask for you to pour forth the fire of your love upon everyone listening your revelation truth, even these hard truths, maybe about abortion or about Margaret Sanger that you're hearing right now, it's important because only the truth can set us free. Only the truth can set us free. And Jesus wants you to walk in freedom and light. Truth is a person, his name is Jesus. There's a spirit of truth, it's a Holy Spirit. And he brings us into all truth. So, Lord, just wash over your people right now. Amen. Amen. Verse 19 of chapter 2 of Matthew. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Joseph is a visionary. He gets his marching orders through dreams and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee, where he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Do you know what touches me so deeply in Luke's gospel, the second chapter, that Simeon and Anna enter the temple exactly when Jesus is there. And you know what else strikes me? That Simeon said that a sword would pierce Mary's heart. And I've never heard anyone preach about that but me. A sword shall enter the heart of Mary. And that happened at the cross. The same sword that entered the heart of Jesus on the cross mystically entered the heart of Mary. Mary saw her son suffering in agony and in anguish, flies all over him. She had a sword that pierced her soul, her heart. No one preaches about that. People say, well, you know, 
we don't know about that. Well, we do know it. The scripture tells us perfectly that a sword shall pierce your your heart, that the thoughts of many may be laid bare. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was at the cross. She was not far from him. She suffered and saw her son suffering. Any mother that sees a son suffering suffers the same way. When I had epilepsy, my mother took a nervous breakdown. She couldn't deal with it. She was suffering because her son was suffering. And it was even far greater than that. Mary shared in every suffering that Christ experienced through his whole life and into his passion. And that's how she co-redeemed with our Lord. You know, Mary wears blue because she's the blueprint of how we can love Jesus. She teaches us how to love her son perfectly. You know, and sometimes we go through sufferings in our life and we don't pray for suffering. But when there is a cross to carry or a suffering, we can unite it to what Jesus did for us on the cross. And suffering is very, very powerful. You know, not many people talk about it. But when the Lord gives us suffering, when we're docile and we just receive that suffering with joy and we unite it to Jesus, we not only console Jesus' heart, we not only share in his suffering, but that suffering goes forth and it releases grace into this world. It releases grace into lives of sinners. We're all sinners, but lives of people who need to repent. Repent is to turn 180 degrees from our sin. It's not only to say, Lord, forgive me. It's say, Lord, forgive me, but then to turn. But then to turn from our sin and never go back. Can we do that today? A couple months ago at the prayer meeting, Tessa gave us a word, don't waste your suffering. She had been suffering immensely, but instead of running from it, she just received the suffering and she's offered it up to a boy, to a young man who was going through such a hard time. And the next day when they asked their mom, how is he doing? They said, I don't know what happened, but he's all better. He's completely better. It's like a miracle happened, you know? So if there's something you're going through today in your life, while you're going through it, just receive it, unite it to what Jesus has went through, and offer it up to someone who you know needs it. And the grace and the glory of God can fall on them and invade the earth. In the kingdom of God, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Let it be done to me according to thy word. Let it be done to me according to thy word, yes. Suffering is part of humanity. I don't believe that God points to us and says, suffer. I don't believe that. I believe because we are a part of humanity, we suffer. And we pray to be healed. But until we're healed, we offer that suffering to the crucified Lord who died on the cross for us. We unite our suffering with his, and it becomes redemptive, his suffering through us. This is real. This is real. This is real. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, she said. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.